It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Welcome into the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben ba- B-Baby Barnes filling in for the P-Man. He's getting ready for hey the ben. call tonight. Yes, thank you, Holt. I will go long. I will catch a touchdown pass. But Patrick Johnson getting ready for the call tonight for ECU Women's Basketball's home matchup versus Wake Forest with Brittany Hoyt on ESPN+. Plus. That comes your way at 6 o'clock. Be sure to tune in for that. And support the ECU Women's Basketball team who's undefeated so far. Number one team in the country. Oh, are they really number one? No. Oh, no, okay. But they're, hey, they're tied in the standings, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, so they're undefeated. basically number one, right? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. They're number yeah. one in our hearts. Let's run the table. Yeah, hey, number one in the country and in our hearts. Facts. Number one in the standings. And course, that's so. facts. Another quick programming note, by the way, Chris Cook on the ones and twos and Phil the Ref Pilkington, who we haven't heard from in a while, providing production assistance. Yes, How's it sir. going, Chris? It's going well. How are you doing today? Doing all right. It feels like a Friday. I See, that's... I am feeling all right, but that's kind of getting to me, you know, like how it feels like Friday, and then you keep looking at the date, and you're like, oh, wow, it's not even, it's yeah. just Thursday. Yeah, the only days I have off now is Sundays, and then i got to watch the Panthers, which I don't have to this weekend, but most of the time I'm watching the Panthers, and then I'm just like, well, this feels like work, too. So you got a true day off this Sunday. Then. I do, yes, yeah. Nice. I'll, I'll actually get to watch some good football, hopefully, and not the Panthers. Well, don't watch Green Bay, I'll tell you that. You and Green Bay. They're bad. Give man. it up. You, you Oh, I've given I've been giving up. You man. said it yourself they weren't Super Bowl contenders, so Yeah. You need to stop watching them. Aaron Rodgers, this is his last year, calling it right now. He's done. He's, uh, what, what he, he's got a contract, though. You think he'll uh, opt out of the rest of the contract or if he retires, they still gotta pay it. Oh, that would suck. Yeah. That would really screw the team over for years, I yeah. think. I think it's at a discount, but they still have to pay it. Because I know uh some, I, they still have to pay the guarantee money. There's some kind of weird contract loophole is going on, and I'm not going to get into it because nobody cares. If you're waiting for uh, J.H. Rose football later tonight, live play-by-play and pregame coverage for the Rampant second-round 3A East playoff matchup in Fayetteville against 71st begins at 720 right here on 94.3 The Game with Croft Massey and the legendary Ronald Vincent. It all comes away right here, 720-94-3 the game. Jake Rose in 71st, a rematch from last year. So that would definitely be interesting. The game was moved up due to Tropical Storm Nicole, which is set to affect the area tomorrow. A lot of high school games moving up. We'll get a little bit more into that later on. And tomorrow, coming your way at live, five at, from 5 to 7, we'll have live local pregame coverage for ECU football with the Bushlight Pirate Game Day countdown. Patrick Johnson and ECU football legend Terrence Copper leading you into network coverage between the Pirates and Cincinnati from 5 to 7 tomorrow. Why am I hearing doors? That's my bad. Very creaky door. (laughs) Yeah, that's my bad. Yeah, it sounded like a horror movie-like soundbite or something. Yeah, I know. thought I was about to get napped here. But yeah, make sure to tune in for for live and local pregame coverage for that. And then Saturday, 
at 3 o'clock. We'll have live and local pregame coverage leading you into basketball coverage as ECU men's basketball host Presbyterian, the Blue Hoses. Not the Blue Hose. Well, I think it is the Blue Hose. It's not plural. Oh, so you don't even know. It's Wait, Philip, what is it? It's a single hose. It's a single hose. Not oh, it's it's just a single hose, it's according a, to Philip. Yeah, See, Philip would know, no, man. I didn't say it's a oh, it's not a single? Okay, well, we don't know what's going on anymore. I know Patrick kept referring to it as the Blue Hose, which kind of would crack me up because, you know, never mind. Either way, pregame coverage begins at 3 o'clock for that game as they lead you in to network coverage at 3.30 with Jeff Charles as they get you set with play-by-play coverage for ECU men's basketball versus the Presbyterian Blue Hoses or the Hose. Who knows? Either way. Expecting a Pirates dub. It won't matter after that. Uh, interesting uh, conundrum here with ECU football. Vocabulary word, conundrum. I know, yeah. I'm a well-educated man. ECU football, kind of an interesting predicament right now when it comes to the AAC standings. Um, it seemed like last week there was a lot more loopholes than it was this week for the Pirates to find themselves in a conference championship scenario. And that's straight up the case this week. If Tulane defeats UCF, which that should have been game day, by the way. Nobody, TCU is not going to be a playoff team. I'm calling it right now. That game's not going to matter. Oh, you don't think T, uh, TCU is making it into the playoffs? Absolutely not. No. There we go. Creaky door again. What, what is going on? Am I about to get stabbed Some in the back? people walking in and out. About, no, I'm about to get stabbed in the back. I'm scared now. Got to watch my back. Let's... Well, you should have been scared anyway. Oh, okay. Is that a warning? Either way, in the AAC football standings, Tulane beats UCF. We hold the tiebreaker over UCF, who's ahead of us in the conference standings. So we would automatically jump them if we beat Cincinnati, who's also ahead of us in the conference standings, and obviously we hold the tiebreaker over them after defeating them. So if ECU wins and UCF loses, they find themselves in prime position, second place in the conference standings and in the conference championship. All they have to do is win out and defeat Houston and defeat Temple which I think is very do- doable, very all, likely. All we got to do is believe with all our heart, and it'll happen, right? Getting in yeah. Come on, yeah. We believe, <laughs> part nation. Moving on to the coordinators, they spoke to the media yesterday, Blake Carroll and Donnie Kirkpatrick. Never short of words, always plenty to talk about when it comes to those two. We'll start with Blake Harrell, cut 31. He talks about stopping a very explosive Bearcats offense that's averaging 33 points a game. Very, very same offense as, as last year. Uh, you know, and I don't think we realized at the time. How, we knew Desmond Ritter and Jerome Ford and I think Alec Pierce are really good players, and I think they're doing a pretty good job on Sundays too. But, you know, and, and the supporting cast they had around them is now the main guys, and they're doing a really good job. And um, You know, still a very similar offense that you saw a year ago. Um, you know, Brian's doing a really good job operating the offense. He's got a live arm. I mean, he threw for over 3,000 yards uh, last year uh, where he was at. And, and the tailbacks have all played. They're experienced guys. They're not rookies. Uh, the tight ends, you know, I thought a year ago they were probably as good as anybody in the country. And the same guys, uh, Josh Wiley and those guys there. And, and that wide out, they got real speed out there. Um, number one, Trey Tucker, I think we saw that two years ago when we were up there. Uh, 21, I think he caught the first ball on us last year. Uh, across the middle there, and he's a really good player. I think he was uh, honorable mention for player of the week in the conference last week, and they're both 10, 400-meter guys. So you got to know where they're at, know what they're capable of, and, and then into the boundary. 
uh, whether it's 84 or 20, both of them are, are playmakers over there, and old lines is the same guys as up front last year. So we got to make sure we, we just take care of us and, and really focus on what we what we do and how we do things, how we approach the game. Uh, I think first and foremost, we want to go stop the run. I think we did that early in the ball game last year. I think late in the game, the fourth quarter, uh, particularly the last drive, a few runs got away from us. But um, we got to stop the run early. That way, you know, they, they were probably 50-50, maybe more 60-40 pass run. Um, but we want to try to make them one-dimensional as much as possible and see if we can affect the game in that, that manner. Bearcats suffered a lot of turnover in the offseason, a lot of guys hitting the NFL draft. We know on the defensive end, guys like Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant, yes, you heard that right, Kobe Bryant hitting the draft. But on the offensive end, hit even more so. Quarterback Desmond Ritter, of course, playing for the Falcons. More on the Panthers than the Falcons, set to kick off later tonight on Amazon Prime. But Desmond Ritter, quarterback for Cincinnati, one of the greatest to ever do it for Cincinnati. Hitting the NFL draft, getting drafted by the Falcons in the second round, I believe, which I thought was a little bit high for him, but nonetheless, congrats to him. Alec Pierce, wide receiver now with the Colts, was explosive, balled out in his game or in that game last year um, in Greenville against the ECU Pirates was a standout for Cincinnati. And then Jerome Ford, their running back, who led the conference last year I know for most of the year in rushing yards, also hitting the draft and getting drafted. So a lot of turnover on the offensive end. Blake Carroll talks about what offensive weapons with Ben Byron, Bryant, excuse me, taking the helm. Not Ben Byron, not me. With Ben Bryant taking the helm at quarterback, what are some offensive weapons besides him do we expect to see in that Bearcats offense that are going to be explosive? They're a balanced football team. It's hard to kind of put all your attention to him. You know, um, uh, sometimes when you got a, a team that's going to throw the football and, and not really try to run it, then you can maybe double that guy up a little bit more. But And the fact they got several guys, not just the wideouts that, that are really good speed guys and got really good hands out wide and had a big week last week. Um, but the tight end, Josh Wiley, I think is you know a special player too. I think he's maybe the all-time leading or, or as many touchdowns for a tight end in a long time up there. So uh, I know he's got some pretty big numbers. And the tailbacks, I mean, they had a 76-yard run against SMU. Broke that game open. The uh, USF game, the, the run that put that away was about 40 yards out, so they can park it from everywhere. So you got to make sure that you're balanced, and that's what they do. That's what good football teams do is they don't have one or two weapons. they got several. Um, and, and at the same time, in the pass game, you better know who can take the top off of it, and those guys can. So we got to make sure that all our attention is in the right places, all our eyes in the right places, and then we, we uh, get 11 hats to the ball and do a great job tackling. Defensive coordinator Blake Harrell here on the Patrick Johnson Show. This is audio from yesterday from their press conference as they get ready for Cincinnati this Friday at Cincinnati Nippert Stadium in Ohio. He mentioned tight end Josh Wiley for the Bearcats. Fun fact about Josh Wiley, and he kind of mentioned it but didn't know for sure, he is the all-time touchdowns leader for a tight end for the Bearcats, which is very notable because you know what very successful tight end the NFL played for the Bearcats? I actually don't. Which one? You really don't know this? No. Travis Kelsey. Oh, did he really play yes, Cincinnati? Yes, he played for Cincinnati, yes. Wow. Beat his record. Did he have any games at Dowdy? Uh, I would – man, you're going to make me bust out the books here. But bust I'm out sure, the books. I'm sure we can look back at the record book here. We legit have a record book. We can go back and look at it and uh, check that out during the break. But, yes, he did break Travis Kelsey's, Kelsey's uh, touchdown by the tie-in record. So uh, Josh Wiley, definitely a red zone threat and somebody to keep an eye on this Friday. Moving on down the list here, 
Blake Harrell talked about the standard that Cincinnati has set in this conference, Cincinnati being the premier team in the conference the last couple of years, obviously coming off a season where they're in the college football playoffs, a historic season that will be uh, remembered by many for years to come. The first group of five school, and I know people hate that term, but hey, it is what it is. The first group of five school to make it to the college football playoff probably won't be the last with conference expansion. Um, So it's definitely something to uh, be remembered for sure. A great achievement on their part. Blake Harrell talks about the standard Cincinnati has set in this conference and playing premier team like the Bearcats with that rich history. Yeah, ever, ever since I've been here, ever since I got here, it was, uh, Cincinnati was a standard. Um, I got here in 2020, and, and they were the standard then. And, and until somebody knocks them off at home especially, uh, they'll still be the standard in this conference. Um, and I, I know they're not, you know, Tulane's officially in first place right now in the conference, but uh, and until they until Tulane beats Cincinnati, Cincinnati's a standard. And that, that's kind of what we're looking at, and that's the approach we take. Um, and we, we're excited about the challenge and uh, very respectful of, of their football team, their football program, and what they've done up there because it's, it's been an amazing run of what they've really done uh, ever since Coach Fickle's done, been there. And uh, the, the home winning streak, all those things are, are you know, a credit to, to, to them as coaches, as the program, as their players. Uh, but we got to go focus on us and, and make sure we're ready to freaking go up there and, and bring our game and, and play our best football game of the year. Moving on down the list, ECU offensive coordinator Donnie Kirkpatrick also speaking to the media yesterday. Lengthy cut, but I'm just going to let him sound off. He's pretty much in this cut going to give off and let off all of his thoughts on Cincinnati. That's just the nature of Donnie K. So we'll let him sound off. Cut 37 here. Donnie K talking about the Bearcats defense and Cincinnati's historic 31-game home winning streak at Nippert Stadium. Donnie K, cut 37. They're a Big 12 team, right? So they just rebuild, I guess, or reload or whatever. They don't have to rebuild. But I think they had seven guys from last year's defense are playing on Sunday. And from what I understand, because I don't get to really watch Sunday till the maybe till after our season's over, they're all playing pretty good too is what I hear. So uh, I guess they really were good players. But, you know, they've got, they've got great culture. And they beat enough teams, I think, that they probably got to play these other guys some. And so they, they've been recruiting well, and they haven't dropped off any. You know, you don't doubt them statistically or anything. They, now I, I might be a week behind here, but going into the open date, I looked at it. They led the nation in sacks. They led the nation in tackles for a loss. They led the nation in scoring on defense. They scored four touchdowns all around defense. And they've had four takeaways they've returned inside the 10-yard line that they didn't score on. That's a, that's pretty good defense, you know, and I think what they're giving up 20, 21 points a game, which may, they're probably not very happy about that because they're used to giving up less than that. So they haven't dropped off a lot. They're just newer names, guys that everybody doesn't know. So it's kind of like that. So it's, it's going to be a good challenge. Everybody said that. Everybody knows that's true. You know, I think our kids are excited about it. Uh, I know that they practiced really well this week, and so uh, we're on to Cincinnati and. They got a 31-game win streak. I mean, you, you can just keep making reasons for, you know, why this is going to be tough. But this is why you do this. This is why you come to East Carolina. This is why you coach here. This is why the guys come here to play because they want to play in these games. And it's just fun to be back in games like this where people are talking about, we got a chance to go win this game. I mean, somebody I saw was talking about if they beat them or wait, you went out, you, you're going – I'd like, well, if we're talking about that, things are good. You know, we've got a long way to go. We, we sure are not there yet. But like I say, 
thank God we ain't where we were, you know, when it's already taken inventory by this time of year. Donnie K was literally everything you needed to know about Cincinnati. He told you everything, all of his thoughts, all of his opinions on the Bearcats. He's a well-spoken guy, right? Yeah. It's one way to describe it. ECU football coordinators Donnie Kirkpatrick and Blake Harrell in today's Pirate Report. Coming up, we take a deeper look into the Cincinnati Bearcats as we hear from head coach Luke Fickle on the other side of this quick timeout here on the Patrick Johnson Show. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of Pirate Football. 94.3 The Game. Welcome back to the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben B. Baby Barn filling in for Patrick Johnson as he gets set for the call tonight for EC Women's Basketball's home matchup versus Wake Forest. He's on the call on ESPN Plus with Brittany Hoyt. That comes your way live at 6 o'clock on the Plus. Be sure to check it out and support our Lady Pirates as they're number one in the standings in the country and number one in our hearts, like Chris said. What a wise man. Chris and Cook. And that's facts. Chris Cook on the ones and twos. Philip the ref Pilkington providing production assistance. If you're tuning in for J.H. Rose football, live play-by-play and pregame coverage for the Rampant second round 3A East playoff matchup in Fayetteville against the 71st begins at 720 right here on 94 through the game. So we still have time for that. Croft Massey and the legendary Ronald Vinson on the call for that game. And then tomorrow from 5 to 7, the Bushlight Pirate Game Day Countdown, live and local pregame coverage with Patrick Johnson and ECU football legend Terrence Copper as they lead you into network coverage between ECU and Cincinnati. Let's get into this uh, Cincinnati uh, audio here from uh, Luke Fickle, head coach of the Bearcats. You know, I watched this press conference, and a big theme seemed to uh, be, and uh, maybe Philip can uh, back me up on this, the media complaining about a short week. And how that's a huge disadvantage. Shut up. Shut up. I mean, what, just what a bunch of crybabies. Luke Fickle wasn't necessarily complaining about it, but the media really tried to hammer that story home, and he wasn't having it. They did. And, hey, you know what? We don't want to hear anything about it because how many times have we had a normal week and people have had an extra day yeah, to prepare for they're us? They're coming off a of bye week. Yeah. There's, we, there's a couple of teams we played, especially early on, where they're coming off bye weeks, and we're like, like we're playing our fourth or fifth straight game tired getting in these high scoring we're not high scoring but more so close competitive affairs and then we're just playing a well-rested team that's very competitive so yeah I don't want to hear it especially a team that's coming off the year where they went to the college football playoffs I mean it's supposed to be the cream of the cop of the co- crop of the conference but the media is trying to paint a completely different narrative up there in Cincinnati anyways Luke Fickle wasn't having it he was asked about the short week for the Bearcats and is it easier to deal with the short week since he's played Holton Aylers for like a million years now? Holton Aylers now in his sixth year. No, I, I don't know that that's, you know, I don't know that that makes it any different. I mean, for us and for me and maybe for some of the coaches, I mean, yeah, you've got a, maybe a decent grasp, but it's not what we know. It's what those guys in those seats can, can know and understand. And you know, we've got a lot of guys that haven't played and, um, you know, on both sides of the ball. But, uh, you know, short weeks are always different and different. Difficult, I think, sometimes for us, just because we get in such a routine that uh, you got to change some things up. So, yeah, that was Luke Fickle, Cincinnati Bearcats head coach here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Their uh, pressers air on ESPN Plus. Well, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, 
maybe we'll get there one day. But yeah, I think ECU can get there. Oh, absolutely. That, that's a reasonable goal. There's lesser to programs that get that, but yeah, I will say to their credit, they're coming off Navy Week, which is as we know, not an easy week to come off of. You got to dedicate pretty much all of your practice specifically for one type of offense. You got to learn how to play turnover-free football. There could be no mistakes, so I will give them that benefit of the doubt. But I want to hear no crying and complaining about a short week. Get over it. ECU's coming off a short week too. Granted, we have a bye week, but hey, we're moving all of our preparations up, dealing with the same kind of stuff we've dealt with it all year. Moving on, Bickle was talking about transitioning from Navy Week to facing a normal team, as they uh, explain it in ECU. No, I don't think so. I just think that it's always one of those things. You used to study the games after playing a triple option team, and they were always difficult for a defense. Um, I hope the way we do things and, and you know, preparing in camp and preparing in spring ball and the way we do it, that, um, you know, it was a little bit more of a seamless transition. And uh, I'm not saying we're perfect. Obviously, each and every year when you play Navy, as many times as we've played them or the triple option, you get so many different things just because I think – you know, on a consistent basis, they play you and they know, you know, a little bit what you do as well, and um, which sometimes makes it more difficult. But uh, I hope that you know that preparation and that flopping back and forth that we've done for a good four years now, um, you know, helps us moving forward. Luke Fickle was asked a little bit more about Holton Aylers, the six-year senior, has some history playing against Cincinnati. He's been in some straight-up wars. I remember a couple years ago in Houston's first year. We had a chance to beat Cincinnati, and it came down to a field goal. And Cincinnati was really good back then. That would have been kind of, as people like to put it, Houston's first signature win. I'll put that in quotations. But, uh, yeah, Luke Fickle talking about Holton Aylers and him being so long or playing so long for the ECU Pirates. Um, obviously, it's the uniqueness of what, where college football is right now, and he's taking advantage of, uh, of that. And, um, you know, I guess – it's a great thing. We've got some guys, you know, we got a Wilson Huber that's in his sixth year and, and some guys that have taken incredible advantage of, of some extra opportunities to continue to play the game and, you know, maybe even get a couple extra degrees. Luke Fickle, very complimentary of ECU and the momentum they have riding into this game against the Bearcats in Nippert Stadium. They, they've won the close games. They've won in overtime. I mean, game one with NC State, I mean, that's his – I mean, and that could have gone either direction at any point in time. And uh, obviously, that's a really good football team as well. Um, so I think that the, the, you, the thing that you're seeing now is they're, they're winning those games at the end and, uh, you know, from the two overtime wins. And, and momentum is a big deal. And uh, they've done a really good job. They've played really well, you know, especially at the end of the year, um, the last few years. So we know what uh, we know we're going to get a great shot. We know we're going to get, uh, you know, what we've seen on film and something a little bit better. And you know, regardless if they're coming off a bye week or not, this is this has been a unique one for for both sides um, for a few years now. If you're knocking the game plan for anybody uh, in the Pirates' offense, there is one man you absolutely have to game plan for, and that's Pirate running back Keaton Mitchell. Luke Fickle talking about preparations and was very complimentary of the uh, Pirate running back that's on pace to be the first Pirate running back to have back to back. A thousand all-purpose yard seasons. He's a yard short. And the last one was Ventavious Cooper, correct? Jump the gun there, but yes, <laughs> yes, Chris Ventavious Cooper back in 2012. Keaton Mitchell, Luke Fickle talking about him. 
He's a difference. Why he's leading the league in rushing, and and uh, I think the uniqueness is yes, you can see the big long ones where he can circle the defense because of his electric speed and quickness. To be honest with you, um, but there's plenty of shots where he hits it right up in the middle. You know, he had he won a long one against BYU right through the A gap. So um, he's they've got a really good one-two punch with him, meaning that he can take it outside and he can make things happen. Um, but he's not afraid to stick it thing up in the middle. And not saying injuries, but like I think. You know, with other other guy getting hurt a little bit, puts a little bit more onus on him. And I think, you know, for them, it might even be a better thing, you know, get the hot hand going a little bit more and giving him some more opportunities. So, um, you know, where everybody would say, hey, they're the team that slings the football. They're also leading, you know, the leading rusher in the league. So that's what makes them who they are, I think, offensively and what makes them so good. Luke Fickle, Cincinnati Bearcats head coach here on the Patrick Johnson Show from the press conference this past Tuesday. Luke Fickle was very, also very complimentary of the Pirate defense and a lot of credit to Blake Harrell's defense. Luke Fickle even admitted he's pulled some things from what he's seen from the Pirate defense earlier in the year and this year. He's kind of stolen some things, borrowed some things. Luke Fickle. What a thief. <laughs> yeah. Hey, whatever works for him. Luke Fickle talking about the Pirate defense. I think they're very aggressive. I mean, I, we get a lot of crossover games, watch them a ton. Um, have actually tried to pull some of the things they do defensively, you know, as we have always kind of developed, you know, what we do defensively. And I think it's really critical is, is how aggressive they are. I mean, they're, they don't want to let you run the football. I know that. And they will be ultra aggressive at, at attacking downhill. And, uh, you know, so I'm not saying they take some chances, but they'll, they'll change it up on you as well. Um, but I've been very impressed over the last couple of years uh, of what they've done defensively, and you can see them continue to grow. They haven't changed, I think, in the last two and a half, three years in the big picture of what they do defensively, and you see how that growth has really taken place. Uh, they apply a lot of pressure you know, to, to everybody, you know, whether it's the wideouts too, because, yeah, they might be in some man-to-man situations, but they're not going to be free access and easy throws. And if you're going to do that, then there's going to be people heating down your throat because they're going to be aggressive up front as well. And as I mentioned earlier, the American currently in the football standings is a very tight race. Tulane, obviously, number one in the conference as they're undefeated in conference play. UCF, 4-1 and one in conference play. They're second in the conference standings, followed by Cincinnati, who's kind of tied in the conference record with 4-1 and one in conference play. And then us, the Pirates, at number four in the AAC. The Pirates. The good news I like the is, way you said it right there. The Pirates. The Pirates. ECU holds the tiebreaker over UCF and Cincinnati. So if UCF loses to Tulane this weekend, which I'm expecting to happen, anything can happen in American Conference play, but I do expect Tulane to beat UCF. And if we beat Cincinnati, we will jump those two teams because we hold the tiebreaker over them. And then we become second in the conference and sitting in a prime position for AAC championship spot. So something to keep an eye on. Luke Fickle to close it out here, talking about the conference standings. That's what you love. That's what you want our kids to love. That's what you don't want them to, to you know, to have anxiety over. It's like this is what you prepare for, the ability to be in a race. And it's much better when it is a race, you know, and then there's a lot of twists and turns. I think it's better for, for everybody. It's better for college football. It's better for, for the league. Um, you know, but more than anything, you see, you see who can handle those things down the stretch. You know, our guys all understand and know what's you know what's at stake, and I don't want them to overthink about that. You know, that's not the that's not the end all be all. The end all be all is that each and every day, each and every week, you know, doing the job you need to do. And uh, 
you know, put ourselves in a position to, to, you know, in November be ready to, you know, have play for something. And, uh, you know, so there's a balance there, but it, it's, it is exciting and uh, to know that uh, who cares who we got, but that uh, we're still in the mix. Coming up on the other side of this quick timeout here on the Patrick Johnson Show, we'll take a look at the latest, latest bowl project, project. Oh, Jesus. Excuse You'll me. You'll get it. You'll get it. Having a hard time. Take a look at the latest bowl projections for the ECU Pirates in football and a little bit later on, a deeper dive into the Panthers' Thursday night matchup on Amazon Prime, which has been scummy and terrible this year. It has. It's been too much Broncos. Very bad matchup. And it's probably going to be bad tonight with the Panthers, not going to lie. Oh, yeah. That's, it's a terrible matchup. Not going to lie Classic to you. TNF matchup right there. They take on the, the division rival Falcons. More of that on the other side of this quick timeout here on the Patrick Johnson Show. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of Pirate Basketball. 94-3, the game. Game. Fun fact about Travis Kelsey playing ECU. He never played against ECU in his college career. Really? Oh, that's disappointing. Our Philip Pilkington providing production assistance, providing us with that info. I went a little bit into a deeper dive on it, looking at the numbers and his career game logs at Cincinnati. Cincinnati was in the Big East at the time because he played from 09 to 2012. So, yeah, they obviously never probably would have ever played against ECU. That, yeah, makes sense. ECU was in the Conference USA. Cincinnati was in the Big East. So, never really crossed paths at that time. Makes some sense. So, yes, Kelsey, he has a uh, – He's, he's got zero yards in every stat. Or he's got zero in every stat category against ECU. Oh, well. Shut his ass down. Interesting fact, Russell Wilson actually threw his first uh, college football touchdown pass at Dowdy. All right, somebody's going somebody's gonna to fact check you. No, I, I know that's true. Oh, you know that for a fact? Yeah, I watched a YouTube video of like his highlights through the NFL, and it's uh, it had that, and it said he, we, we saw flashes of greatness even from the very beginning, and it was showing him at Dowdy playing for state. Uh, I saw it on the internet. I'm just giving you a hard time. I'll take your word for it. Welcome back to the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben B. Baby Barm filling in for the P-Man as Patrick Johnson gets ready for the call for ECU women's basketball as they take on Wake Forest on ESPN+. Plus. That comes right at 6 o'clock. Tech, check out the P-Man on that and support our ECU women's basketball team who is undefeated so far. Had a great season opening win in Menji's Coliseum against South Carolina State on Monday. I'm interested to see how Maya Joyner does this season. She was uh, she had a great debut Monday. Well, she's a stellar athlete, so I'm expecting similar performance. Played her in rec ball, and yes, that was and a, she pancaked you, right? Oh yeah, I took <laughs> a charging foul from her. But that was also the same season that I scored on my own team in the rec championship. Oh, was game, that the so. same? Oh, you just had a bad year that year. Yeah, it was a pretty bad year. I did rally my team. How did you rally? Your I team? rallied my team to a championship game, even though we had one regular season win. Everybody automatically got in the playoffs. So. Oh, and y'all won? We rallied in the playoffs, got the championship game, and lost. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, hey, that's that still a big accomplishment in my book. Yeah, I don't know how much of a factor I played in that, but I was a starting five. You got the I little, was a starter, uh, at least. You got the little participation trophy that they give everyone, I right? did, yeah. My name was announced first when uh, they were doing the uh, nice. participation trophies. But, no, it sucked because I just scored on my own team and we lost, so everybody was kind of pissed. 
they take rec basketball seriously in farm. Oh, the, the community reason, like yeah. around this area, Martin County, Pitt County, they take that super serious. Yeah, they yeah. do. Shout out to Jaquavian Smith. Also went to Farmville Central. Never crossed paths with him. Never, be honest with you, never seen him in Farmville. Well, you still got the the pancake from Joiner. So I did. Yeah, that's you got that nice. to hang your head, uh, head on. Great player. But moving on, uh, ball projections were le- released earlier this week. Um, you know, obviously multiple media outlets try to do their little projections on that, get some clicks. I know people are always interested and in, want to know where the Pirates can possibly be get bowling. And uh, earlier in the week, I kind of compiled it all together, and there were some interesting projections going on here. Um, a lot of this similar, same stuff we've been seeing the past couple of weeks. And then there was a few head scratchers. Somewhere it was like, wow, I have not seen us projected to go in that bowl game yet so far. That's kind of out of left field. Who do you personally want us to play? I want App State. Honestly, I don't really care who we play to be honest uh, i think upstate would be such a good game and I, I think we beat them yeah i mean yeah yeah kind of reclaim that uh that loss we had in charlotte last year that was that was a heartbreaker that was philip was at that game he oh were you yeah Phil? he just got into a fight he got oh wait what <laughs> yeah philip philip tell the story philip come on let's hear it yeah why were you why did you almost get in a fight with an app state fan Sorry, uh, I could not hear what you're asking. Tell a story about what? Oh, when you almost got into a fight with an App State fan in Charlotte last year. Oh, yeah, man. So one of our friends, like after the game, was going to the bathroom, and this dude just came up and was like, you guys are terrible. Obviously said it, you know, used some <laughs> yeah. non-radio language. We're like, yeah, man, you know, we get it. It was a bad game, whatever. And the dude just kept going on and on and on. And we were like, all right, there's like four of us and you and your girlfriend. Back up. <laughs> You were that. So he finally left. Then we're walking out, and this dude, like, app fan, runs up and, like, puts his arm around. We never met the guy before and said, You guys stink again, but with a couple other words mixed in there. Like, luckily I had my hands in my pocket, so I probably would have shoved that dude at least down because <laughs> he was hammered and just being a jerk. And it was, yeah, it was bad. I got app fans are the one. worst. I got, I'm taking Philip. If I was to bet money on it, and that one, well, Phillip yeah, I was, I was the DD, so sports. I was yeah. sober. Well, I, I don't even, I do get heated, but I was, you know, pretty cool during that one until yeah. people just started coming up to us like out of nowhere, pushing and, your and junk talking. Yeah. We did tell one guy we'll see you on the baseball field the first day. Yeah, they're and they're like, we don't care about baseball. They don't. Those hippies <laughs> don't care about yeah. baseball. They care about going to class without their shoes on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just a bunch of hippies, dirty rotten hippies. But looking at the bowl projections here, yeah, the, great story, Philip. I can imagine Philip fighting. I think the girl would have beaten him and whoever else up, like just Jesus. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm fighting. Philip and his boys <laughs> about to jump him. Philip and his boys. He had a little gang going on there. But moving on to the ball projections, start with twenty four seven sports dot com. Brad Crawford going through all of the bowl projections throughout college football. He has ECU playing in the Military Bowl. That'll be December twenty eighth on a Wednesday. In Annapolis, Maryland, and he'll have he has us playing Pittsburgh. Been seeing that a lot here recently. I've also heard Pitt. that a couple of times too. Yeah, honestly, that's not a really fun bowl game. I'm no, I mean I want App State bad. Why, why are we playing Pitt? Like maybe App State, if we get further on the list, might be projected more on that later. Possibly, we'll see. Let's get further down the list. Action Network. Brett McMurphy, good friend of the show, has us projected to be in the Boca Raton Bowl. Obviously, the Pirates playing down there earlier this year due to hurricane, whatever it was called, with USF being relocated down in Florida. Got us playing in the Boca Raton Bowl Tuesday, December 20th. 
the opponent, Coastal Carolina, and they already have a spread for a potential projected bowl game, which is wild. They have a spread for that game. Interesting. They have ECU favored by five against Coastal Carolina if the Boca Raton Bowl I think that would be a good game. That would be in Myrtle Beach, right? No, that I just said Boca oh, Raton. Okay, my bad. Sorry. Jesus. Yeah, that would be interesting. Coastal Carolina, I think is we're pretty on par with them. Coastal Carolina, obviously. Oh, I think we're better than them. Well, they're ranked right now. I, I, yeah, ranked. I don't know. I believe in the Pirates. But they man. do have weaker competition in their conference in the Sun Belt. Yeah, I'll say it. Sun Belt competitive, um, and they do have some good teams. I don't necessarily, just because it's competitive well across the board, I don't think that necessarily means that the level of competition or the, the, the uh, caliber of these teams are better than what we have in the American. I'm going to say it right now. Sun Belt's fun. It's the fun belt. I don't think they have better competition or better teams the American. I, I don't either. Yeah. Moving on, Athlon Sports, Steve Lassen also has this point in the Military Bowl, this time against Louisville, which I think is a dangerous matchup. I can uh, see yeah. us sneaking through with that one. Mm-hmm. But Louisville has been a streaky, weird, inconsistent team this year. They can turn the dime and then load on anybody at any given week. Malik Cunningham is hurt. I don't know if he'll be back in time for that game, but Malik Cunningham – was kind of the media's preseason Heisman dark horse. Had kind of an interesting start to the season. Didn't really blow me away based on what I saw the couple of games I did see Louisville play um, on ESPN. But Louisville um, does have a dangerous offense, but they're just very inconsistent. I'm not quite sure how that would go about. But that's uh, Athlon Sports projecting us to play Louisville in the Military Bowl. Moving on, CBS Sports, Jerry Palm, Independence Bowl. In Shreveport, uh, Louisiana, and obviously the Independence Bowl, you play Army. Run-heavy team. That'd be interesting. Kind of be similar to Navy a little bit. I, I was just thinking that. Yeah, I feel like they'd have to do the same thing that they did for Navy, like prepare for that for weeks almost. Yeah, you know? that that would, would obviously they will with you know bowl season. You get weeks to prepare. Right. But yeah, I, that that's another matchup where it's like I'm a little nervous about that, but I can see the Pirates pulling through with that one pretty easily. Moving on, collegefootballnews.com. This was the most interesting projection. The first responders bowl in University Park, Texas. That's on a Tuesday, December 27th, right after Christmas. The bowl tie-ins for that game is the American, the ACC, the Big 12, the Pac-12, and the SEC. It can be a school from any of those conferences. And they have us playing Kansas. Oh, wow. That would, that be, would be a really interesting that game. That would be interesting. I don't know. I kind of want to see it. I'm going to be honest, I don't know what the result of that would be. The other ones, I'm pretty confident ECU would get the win, but that I don't know. Kansas is overrated. You think? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Kansas is way overrated. Moving on to ESPN, they have two uh, slap nuts uh, predicting bowl games Uh-oh. on ESPN. Uh-oh. You got Bonagra and Schlaubach, two guys of hard last names to pronounce. They got us in the Fenway Bowl against Duke, and that's in Boston, of course, Saturday, December 17th. And then the Myrtle Beach Bowl against Middle Tennessee State on Monday, December 19th. I see those as both being pretty favorable matchups. I do not want us playing in Boston, though. I want us to play Duke and beat Duke just to see Phillip. Like, that, that, <laughs> that would be the biggest like dichotomy for Phillip ever. Like, do I pull for Duke or uh, ECU? Knowing Phillip, I could see him pulling for Duke. I think he would pull for Duke. I'm not going to lie. Damn you, Phillip. <laughs> Moving on. Pro Football Network, Oliver Hodgkinson, Military Bowl against NC State. I want to see that. Well, I, cha- yeah, I, I changed that. my mind. App State, get out of here. I want State again. Absolutely. I want NC State That's again. my favorite bowl projection so far. Moving on, Sporting News, Bill Bender. 
the Boca Raton Bowl. That's on Tuesday, December 20th against Middle Tennessee State. Eh. It should be a win, obviously. I like I, I like your thought. Eh. Yeah. You know? No. Nah, doesn't really uh, tickle my fancy. Moving on, Sports Illustrated Richard Johnson. He's got us in the Armed Forces Bowl. Another interesting projection here. Against UConn, and the bowl tie-ins for that bowl was an American versus an at-large. So, EC versus UConn. Some old uh, American action there. Some old bad blood. I don't mean, I don't even know. When they, when ECU was playing UConn in football. Um, How those, long ago was that? Those were not very good matchups. How long, when was the last time they played UConn? Probably the first year of Mike Houston, right? Okay. First year of Mike Houston. So it's been a while. Or maybe the last year, Scotty Moe. Moving on, USA Today's Eric Smith, Fenway Bowl in Boston against Pittsburgh. Don't love that at all. That's probably my least favorite bowl projection. My, I, I avoid that at all costs. Yeah, I, I'm sticking with either App State or NC State. I think those would both be really good games, and I think we could win both of those games also. Absolutely. Military Bowl against NC State, Pro Football Network's Oliver Hodgkinson, my favorite projection so far. That's going to do it for ball projections for ECU. Just a quick outlook at where the media outlets have us going when we go bowling. But we're thinking conference championship. On the other side, this quick time out here on the Patrick Johnson Show. We'll wrap it up and preview tonight's matchup between the Panthers and the Falcons on Amazon Prime. That all comes away on the other side. This quick time out here on the Patrick Johnson Show. The pitch. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. That ball is gone. On your flagship home of Pirate Baseball. 94-3. The Pirates, Panthers, the P-Man. Oh, my. More of the Patrick Johnson Show on 94-3. The Game right now. Are you trying to put me to sleep here, Chris? You don't like James Taylor? Eh. Uh, oh, don't don't uh, speak blasphemy in here. You were telling me what was it last night when you were saying how much you love Coldplay? Respect I mean, points I, went down. Oh, oh, I come yeah. But see, look, listen. No, we're not, this is not a listening <laughs> session. Welcome back to the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben B. Baby Brown filling in for the P Man. Uh, a, a guy with some very interesting music taste, uh, Chris Cook on the ones and twos. I like the oldies, James man. James Tar- Taylor coming back. This is not a comeback guy. from break type song. It's I'm not, not saying it's a all. bad song. It's just a comeback from break song? No. Yeah. Let's get ready for the Panthers-Falcons. Cue the James Taylor. It's actually actually pretty, it's pretty fitting for that matchup. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's one of those crappy Thursday night football games. Philip the ref Pilkington alongside me, and we got a huge matchup tonight. It's got Super Bowl implications. Uh, I don't Panthers, know about that one, boss. Yeah, obviously, yeah, you you're very good at detecting sarcasm, son. Oh, good one. Yeah. <laughs> Sight. This guy's a this guy's a comedian. Yeah. Moving on, we got Panthers Falcons tonight, eight o'clock. Thursday night football, Amazon Prime. Couple of quick news and notes and updates for that game. Justin Burris, safety for the Panthers, listed as out. Uh, still has that concussion, lingering concussion issues all year. Dante Jackson, cornerback for the Panthers, questionable due to an ankle injury. He was a full participant in practice yesterday, so that is uh, trending in the right direction. Definitely need him back. We needed him in that game against the Bengals for sure. Chuba Hubbard has been a full participant. Yesterday, he was dealing with an ankle injury. He is listed as questionable. Matt Ioannidis, defensive tackle, four participant yesterday. He was dealing with back issues. And Taylor Moat has been dealing with an elbow issue. 
He was a full participant yesterday, but is questionable for tonight's matchup. The only notable player for the Falcons who is out for tonight's game is A.J. Terrell, their best corner. Um, one of the most underrated corners, I would say, in the league. It's just the fact he's on the uh, crappy Falcons. But starting cornerback for the Falcons in his second year, dealing with a hamstring injury, he is officially listed as out. First impressions of this game, I think the shocking thing, the most shocking development coming into this game was the fact that P.J. Walker was announced as the starter. We'll start with uh, Phillip here. Thoughts on that move? by interim uh, head coach Steve Wilkes to announce P.J. Walker as the starter for this game when Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold are ready to go. I think it's really a bonehead move solely because of the fact that you gave up things to get Baker and Sam, and they're both going to be gone after this year yeah. without resigning. Get your money's worth. Yeah, so get your money's worth. P.J., you know what he is. He's a solid backup. He's going to be a career backup. So I think he's going to have a lengthy career in this league as a backup. But that's all he is. And – you want to see what Sam can now do with a new system or what, um, what's his name, uh, Baker can do with McAdoo f strictly calling plays and not having any influence from rule. I mean, either one of those guys I'd be fine with because see what you got. I mean, you gave up stuff to get them, and you're probably not going to have them next year, but how do you even know if they're willing to be the guy next year if you don't give them a chance to go out there and shine? Yeah, I want to see what Sam Darnold can do behind a revamped offensive line. I'd like to see what Baker can do now that Ben McAdoo has full control of the play calling, which, by the way, Ben McAdoo's not a good play caller. Since he's had full control of the play calling, I've not been impressed. But that's definitely interesting for sure, the fact that he's committing to P.J. Walker, who's probably going to sign another contract for about a mil. That's about what he is. He's always going to be a backup, like Phillips said. An interesting stat for people who are big fantasy football people, okay. negative three fantasy points for P.J. Walker is last week. Is that the worst performance of the season, I'm curious? For a quarterback? Uh -huh. It's got to be, right? Yeah, I mean, how do you uh, – I mean, that's just a – that's a crap show. Come on. As a, And he was a starter. Yeah, game. I know. That's bad. Baker Mayfield finished it out. And I've been on the bench Baker Mayfield training all year, but uh, that, that is, that's embarrassing. I'm not going to lie. It'll be interesting to see how it goes uh, tonight. Are we going to be a run-heavy team? Are we going to be a pass-heavy team? This offense still not having a lot of identity. If Chuba Hubbard comes back, I will like to see a little bit more of that one-two punch between Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard like we saw in that first game when Steve Wilkes kind of took the reins and uh, took over at the helm. But uh, that's going to do it kind of for our preview between the Panthers and Falcons. Predictions, who you got, guys got winning in this game? We'll go first, Chris, with you. Uh, it, it wouldn't be a, a, a Patrick Johnson show without me crapping on the Panthers. I'm going with the Falcons. All right, Phillip? Atlanta. Yeah, got to go with Atlanta. I think Atlanta's probably got the more well-rounded, better offense right now, the better quarterback quite Yeah, Mariota's not bad at all to me. That's going to do it for us here on the Patrick Johnson. Ben Barn filling in. Check out Patrick Johnson on the call for ECU Women's Basketball as that begins at 6 o'clock against Wake Forest. Support your Lady Pirates. Pirate Game Day countdown tomorrow from 5 to 7. Live local pregame coverage with ECU football legend Terrence Copper and Patrick Johnson leading you into ECU and Cincinnati tomorrow night. This has been Barn filling in for the P-Man. Special thanks to Philip Pilkington and Chris Cook. Ben Barm here reminding you to stay safe. Go Pirates! We'll check you out tomorrow live at 5.